0: Listener
1: exclusive. The Limestone
2: Coast's
3: Week That
0: Was.
2: G'day, it's Ewan. Welcome to a brand new ep of The Week That Was, where we look back at what has happened in the news in the Limestone Coast. Today, catching up with Tony Passon, talking all about his fundraiser, For prostate cancer research we're going to find out all the details soon we're also going to talk to him about the doctor's crisis here in the limestone coast there's been another fatality on our roads in the limestone coast jade hill from sapol is going to join us to talk what's been happening on our roads and to also talk about counterfeit notes that are appearing in the limestone coast at the moment Carers week took place last week. Danny from AC Care is going to drop by and tell us how we can be foster carers and roads in the limestone coast are really dodgy at the moment. And Troy Bell's going to drop by for a chat. Let's get things underway. Tony Passon has a fantastic fundraiser. It's taking place today. Katie was talking about it in the news. Here's what she had to say.
0: A fundraising event this Wednesday is hoping to bust taboos around prostate cancer. The Limestone Coast Prostate Cancer Support Group and Barker MP Tony Passon are joining forces for the Big Aussie Barbie. The local member says it's a chance to share up-to-date information on what a medical check really involves.
1: The barbecue's been going for eight years over that time. The advances in medical science mean that right now, all you need to have is uh, uh, effectively a blood check. It's a simple pin pinprick. Uh, and so sharing that information is important.
2: Tony Passon joins me for a chat about his fundraiser for prostate cancer today. Tony, good morning. Morning, Ewan. Tony, Wednesday is going to be a fantastic day at your office.
1: Yes, the prostate cancer biggest Aussie barbie. I think it's addition... Uh, Six, seven, or eight of that barbecue for our Um, office—an opportunity to raise awareness uh, for prostate cancer research uh, and to make sure that men are getting tested. You know, uh, it—it—it kills more men prostate cancer than breast cancer kills women, and what is tragic about that is it's completely preventable, provided people get a simple test now. Yeah.
2: Such an easy test. It's
1: the same test you get if you're checking your blood sugar levels. So um, hopefully we'll encourage people at the barbecue to, to, to get the test and otherwise we'll raise money for the research that's going into making living with prostate cancer easier and easier.
2: Now, mate, talking prostate cancer, it leads us into the next topic. Doctors in the Limestone Coast at the moment, it's hard to retain them. It's hard to get them. It's hard to see a doctor.
1: Yeah, a week or so ago, I met with uh, representatives of the Flinders University, the local GP clinics, uh, and the reality is, GP clinics in Mount Gambier and surrounds are at crisis point. Um, uh, there are uh, there's a, a shortage of GPs. We've spoken previously on the program about the you know really silly decision the Labor Party made to change area designations, which means that um, foreign doctors coming to Australia are more likely to practice in metropolitan settings. But the real risk here that was well, driven home to me when I met with the GPs in Mount Gambia is that they're at the point that they're effectively can't do anymore. Mm. Um, their, um, their GP practices are breaking down. Uh, and the real upshot of that is if they were to be unable to continue to deliver many services they do, then we're just going to see more and more people in A&E. And uh, that is and going to create a, 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 a flow-on a effect for the public system. And the ramping that we're seeing in Adelaide, which is accelerating, will be a real factor for Mount Gambier. I mean, we all know people that have sat up in A&E for three and four hours. But imagine if that weight was 6, 8, 10 or 12, if at all. Mm-hmm. People would then start going, well, you know what? I'm going to drive to Adelaide, only to find the end of a ramping queue in Adelaide as well. It's, it's completely unacceptable. Uh, and the decision that was taken recently by Labor to chase, uh, change those area designations, I'm told by local GPs is making it worse. Four GPs in our region uh, are looking at relocating to Adelaide as we speak. That's a disaster.
2: Horrifying. Absolutely. Now, mate, the state of the roads at the moment is a, a, a an interesting topic for everybody who drives. You're uh, one of the blokes who does thousands of kilometres around the Limestone Coast and the area
1: of Barker, um, what can be done about our roads? Well, there's always a need for more uh, investment and funding and as Assistant Shadow Minister for Infrastructure and Transport, I'm constantly calling uh, on government to prioritise particularly regional investment on rural infrastructure. But there's a particular intersection I've been focused on for some time, Mm. Ewan, uh, and we were close to seeing that intersection addressed uh, in the last term, uh, and that's the intersection of the Southern Ports Highway um, and um, and South End Access Road. Now, that's a killer intersection. I, I can assure you I've been out there. In fact, I've been out there with locals to look at how dangerous the intersection is, only to see a, a, a near-calamitous accident as we were waiting there. Wow. I mean, I laughed, uh, well, I shouldn't have, and said, well, did you set that up? And they say, no, Tony, this happens every day. Now, I've written to uh, Minister kudson uh, who's responsible for deciding whether this, this intersection receives the treatment it needs. It needs a left-hand slip off lane. Uh, and I'm told that his departmental officials have uh, looked at the road and it's perfectly safe and perfectly suitable. So this is another example of um, decisions being made in Adelaide. Uh, without reference to locals, a bit like this calamitous idea that we would have a last-minute referendum on uh, on an amalgamation in this community.
2: Hey, Tony, it is always good to catch up to talk a little bit about some of the issues that you're facing in the area of Barker. Mate, let's catch up. We'll talk more about amalgamations, more about roads, more about doctors and a whole lot more over the coming weeks.
1: Thanks for your time, Ian.
0: South Australia's road toll has risen by one after another fatal crash in the southeast. An 18-year-old woman's lost her life after hitting a tree on Kanawigara Road in Karoo near Border Town. Emergency services received calls around 8.20pm on Friday, rushing to the scene but declaring the woman dead there. Major crash investigators were also called to the site.
2: There have been a number of uh, drink drivers, a speeding driver, who have been nabbed by South Australian police. We get to find out about this and a whole lot more. Jade Hill joins me on the line for a chat. Jade, good morning.
3: Good morning, Ewan. How are you?
2: Yeah, good. Hey, Jade, talking first of all, uh, counterfeit bat notes. have we got some in the region at the moment?
3: Yeah, we have had some reports to police of counterfeit banknotes being passed to businesses in the Limestone Coast, so... Fraud against businesses can occur in a variety of ways, including through credit cards and these counterfeit banknotes that gets passed around. Um, Some tips to assist businesses in identifying a genuine Australian banknote and minimising the risk to business in receiving counterfeit money include the look of the banknote. Genuine banknotes contain the clear window and the area around the window is usually smooth. The window contains printed images or patterns. Banknotes have fine line patterns on each side and are multicoloured. If you hold the note to the light, you can see the Australian coat of arms. The feel of the note, genuine banknotes are printed on polymer plastic and have a distinctive feel. They have slightly raised printing dark ink called Intaglo and that's used for the main designs such as the portraits. The tear, so a genuine bank banknote, they're difficult to tear and the majority of counterfeit notes are printed on paper and can be easily torn. So checking all banknotes have a printed image on the clear window. And if you do suspect that you have received a counterfeit note, advise the person that you believe the note may not be genuine and that police will be notified. Notify the police immediately on 131444 and handle the bank note as little as possible, placing it in an envelope or other protective covering. Avoid using plastic note because the banknotes can sweat in warm conditions. And note the person's description and details if they leave the premises prior to police arrival. Businesses can also get further crime prevention information at www police.sa.gov.au or contact our local
2: police. Now, Jade, there have been a number of drink drivers that have been nabbed and a speeding driver as well. And, uh, well, that's not the worst of it. There was a, um, a fatality on the weekend up near Bordertown as well.
3: Yeah, that's right. So three drink drivers and a speeding driver have been caught in the Limestone Coast. On Wednesday, the 14th of September at about 1.25pm, a 19-year-old pea plate driver from Mount Gambier was detected by mobile speed detection travelling at 148 kilometres per hour in a 110 kilometre per hour zone on Mount Salt Road and the woman lost her licence on the spot for six months and was issued an expiation notice. I'm assuming that would have been quite a hefty um, expiation notice
2: Mm, Absolutely. Um,
3: And then on Saturday the 17th of September at 12.40am, a a 62-year-old Millicent woman was stopped on Mount Gambier Road. She submitted to a breast test and returned a positive reading of .084 and the woman lost her license on the spot for six months. Another one on the same day at 2.30am, a a 17-year-old P-plate driver from Mount Gambier was stopped on Bishop Road, Mount Gambier. He submitted to a breath test and returned a positive reading. He lost his licence on the spot for six months and his car was impounded for 28 days and he'll be summoned to appear in the Mount Gambier Magistrates Court at a later date. And finally, on Sunday the 18th of September at 12.20am, an 18-year-old P-plate driver was stopped on Sutton Tower Road, Mount Gambier and the local was submitting to a breath test and returned um, 0108 and he lost his licence on the spot for six months and was reported for drink-driving and breaching conditions of his provisional licence. So, again, Ewan, you know, we talk about this often. Driving behaviours are a major cause um, of our fatal five, um, speeding and drink-drug driving, and that leads us to that sad um, fatality that occurred in the Limestone Coast local service area with a young woman dying in a crash at Karoo near Bordertown. That was a really terrible incident where emergency services rushed to the scene at about 8.20pm on Friday the 16th of September and that was due to reports of a single vehicle crash where the vehicle had left the road and collided with a tree. Sadly the driver, an 18-year-old local woman, died at the scene. So that young woman's death is the 54th life lost on South Australian roads so far this year and the road toll at the same time last year was 68
2: Jade, given the amount of fatalities that we have had on our roads in the Limestone Coast over the course of the year, is there extra attention being paid to our rural roads in our area?
3: Absolutely, there is. Um, Particular attention to back roads and our main highways. Um, We've had nine fatalities in the Limestone Coast, which is very high. we are still seeing drivers do the wrong thing, um, as you could see with those reports of the drink, drug driving and the speeding. So it's really disappointing. Um, and a, lo- a lot of those people are locals to us. Mm. So we're hoping people actually heed these warnings at some stage. And ideally, we don't want anyone dying on our roads. No,
2: absolutely I'd love to see not. that
3: road toll at zero.
2: Absolutely. Hey, Jade, it's always good to catch up to find out what's going on in the Limestone Coast. Thanks, as always, for dropping by.
3: Thanks for having me. Stay safe.
0: One of the region's largest agencies, AC Care, is calling for more carers to support Limestone Coast children. There's currently about 46,000 Australian kids in foster care and around 80 carer families operating around Mount Gambier. The organisation's Danny Atkinson says they need more people to consider fostering a child to meet a rise in demand. We need more. We need more foster
4: carers to join our wonderful network that we, we already have established, which are around 80 across the Limestone Coast. The reality of that is that we are continuing to see more children requiring a foster care home.
2: Limestone Coasters, have you ever thought about being a foster carer? I am going to give you the details on how you can do it. Danny joins me from AC
4: Care. Danny, g'day. Hi, Ewan. How are you?
2: You're good, Danny. Last week was Carers Week. We have some remarkable carers in the Limestone Coast.
4: We absolutely do. We've got some carers that are committed um, to the care of you know, vulnerable children in our community. And for that, we are forever grateful and, and really inspired by their contribution.
2: How hard is it to be a carer?
4: Look, it's not hard. Um, I mean, yes, sometimes there are challenges in in fulfilling the role of a foster carer. But in order to become a carer, um, it's an assessment process uh, where we work with um, prospective foster carers uh, and work out, you know, what sort of suitable um, types of care that they might be able to provide that um, is fitting with their household. Danny,
2: what's the most rewarding bit about being a carer of a child who is vulnerable in the Limestone Coast?
4: There's lots of rewards to it. Um, Probably too many to mention. I think uh, a common theme is that the contribution that a foster carer makes in the lives of a a vulnerable child in the community is transformational for uh, the foster carer. But it allows the child to have opportunities and to really grow up and develop into, you know, the young person and the adult that they deserve to be that um, otherwise they, they might not be able to if uh, it wasn't for the foster carers opening up their hearts and homes.
2: Danny, how many people need foster care in the Limestone Coast?
4: We see the number of children and young people requiring foster care to, to continue to grow. Um, certainly that number increases when we look at the you know st- statistical data. Um, so certainly we want to continue to add to our network of foster carers. And that's for all different types of care. So that's emergency, short term, long term and even respite care.
2: How can we become a foster carer?
4: get in contact with us. So check out our Facebook page as well as our website. There's a lot of information and stories on there of uh, current foster carers and their lived experience. And yeah, make contact with us. We would love to have a conversation with anyone inquiring or curious about it. We know that the process, um, you know, some people might think of fostering but might not um, be ready or prepared to make the commitment for a little while, but we would love to start having those conversations with them now.
2: Now's your chance. If you've ever thought about being a foster carer, why not contact AC Care?
4: Danny, great to chat. And great to chat to you. Thank you
2: now limestone coasters over the last couple of weeks true bell has been talking about the state of our roads in the limestone coast and our roads are pretty shoddy at the moment and uh, something needs to be done about it i have done a number of miles around the limestone coast recently and let me tell you even i have noticed true bell joins me for a chat
5: troy day. good morning you and good morning listeners
2: May i am just amazed at uh, at the state of our roads at the moment i don't think i've ever seen them looking as bad
5: yeah i agree uh they're definitely not up to scratch and uh last week i uh, um, went to Adelaide and sat down with the the minister responsible for roads and uh, had a, a a pretty good um, meeting with him around you know we we need to do better and uh, the, the, the people who've got the contract to repair roads need to get onto these potholes much quicker but um you know stepping back from that uh, the, the construction of the roads and uh, um, you know the actual uh, strength in them um, e- either seems to be decreasing to me, or um, you know our vehicles are getting heavier and uh, uh, chewing up the roads um, you know quicker. But uh, I was informed that uh, wet weather has a has a serious impact on roads, and the last two years we've had a very wet winter um, in the lower southeast, and that's contributing to it. But um, in, in terms of uh, you know, moving forward, we need to make sure that we've got uh, uh, much better response times from um, the the people who are contracted to do it. And so, what's the solution I'll, from the minister? the The solution is uh, well to let him know where we have big potholes, and he'll, he's given me a guarantee that uh, he'll get onto them as uh, as or well, much quicker than they are at the moment. Um, but. I guess i was really trying to push with him when the contract comes up for maintenance on roads that uh, we, we should be looking at uh, different models and, and perhaps models that provide uh, local employment um, I'll, I'll be on the record ewan is saying i'd like to go back to a highways department where the state government actually takes responsibility for their own roads instead of um, you know letting them out or, or subcontracting them out because when when you have a you know a good um, SA Water, a good ETSA, a good highways department, what you're actually doing is is creating employment within your own community and you, you provide that pipeline of apprentices for your community. So I think the state government really needs to take a, a, a serious look at what uh, has happened over the last probably 30 years and the deterioration of Many of these uh, companies, uh, well, they'll state... state services, uh, lots of services. services. That's right. Yeah, you know, you, you look at um, a lot of successful people in our community They actually started at EWS or ETSA or uh, the Highways Department, and uh, uh, that provided the breeding ground for uh, um, training and, and apprentices coming through. But beyond that, we have got a far better product as a mm. uh, as a community. Um, so Troy,
2: question is, what's what happens now? Um, are we going to take a whole heap of photos and start shooting them off to uh, to yourself and Nick McBride, the member for McKillop, and going there is a pothole, get it fixed.
5: Yes, yes, that's uh, that's what we need to start doing. So, uh, uh, and trust me, we, we're onto them. Um, you know, people are letting us know, particularly the serious ones. Um, but uh, if people are vigilant and uh, and send them through. Uh, we'll get onto them um, in a much quicker fashion and really prompt the the subcontracting group that have got it to uh, uh, be fixing these potholes before there's any uh, damage.
2: Be vigilant across the limestone coast, especially in the Blue Lake City. If you see a pothole that needs to be fixed, make sure you let Troy and the team know. Listener.